understand. Welcome to episode 12 of Winging It. Let's not take the piss here. Roy has been at it again. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get into that discussion. Uh, that we being Sam Hesketh. Hello. Hello. And Albert Curley. Good evening. Still, for listeners who can't see our video, still donning the wing, winging it merch. Love it. No one's no one's written in wanting one yet. So <laughs> I'm not wearing the same one twice, just for the record. You would have thought everyone would be all over it, seeing as you were all over the, the Marathon March post-walk paraphernalia. Mm. But wow. apparently not. And maybe they're blinded by your beauty. I he- I'd sent sarcasm no. in your voice. No. I keep getting sent um, screenshots of, you know, uh, KFC started a podcast called Winging It. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. Get the lawyers on the case. Get the law- Let's lawyer up, guys. <laughs> um, we're going to have to sell those Winging It caps to be able to afford, afford the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll settle for a, f- a family bucket. Every week. I was gonna. I was gonna say we better sh- shelve the winging it bucket merch that we were putting together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your eleven secret ingredients, Heskiff? Uh, just Listen. the eleven. The eleven fit players that we've got to play That's in your crispy co- in your crispy coating. What? what this what isn't another talk about my compression leggings and that again, is it? <laughs> yeah. um, I tell you what, you get a lot of them in a family bucket. <laughs> I mean, one of these 11 ingredients is going to be, he's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Negative. Yep. Um, a beard. Out, a, a beard, yeah. Fr- frivolous spender. Frivolous spender? <laughs> Not sure about that. <laughs> All right, as they come. Anyway, um, I've been out for work drinks, so oh, no. I, I need to lay off the um, the strong beer that I had. I'll have to save that for next week. So this week we're rocking down to Electric Boogaloo again, I'm afraid. so Are you, Is this why you're not in your house? I am in my house. I've just your turned house? the screen another way. Yeah. Ah, all right. So you don't you say the, so. The giveaway is that... burgled someone. <laughs> not even burgled them just came to use their internet <laughs> shut up you just sit there and shut up <laughs> trying to record this pod over here yeah yeah um no the giveaway is the really gaudy claygate fire place over there you know that is very you <laughs> yeah I, I was i was here in the 60s i think when they put it in yeah it's just, when you look at terence you do think Clay fireplace. Mm. What's your you... fireplace, Albert? <laughs> uh, blocked up. Great. With, great. With a timber surround. Welcome to the fireplace fireside chat podcast. Yeah. And talking Hot of news. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, see. You've you literally stripped it straight out of my, out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. Talking of hot news. Sam Johnson and Jordan I have signed new contracts. Oh, and we're back and we're back in. Back in. Um who do you want, Heskiff? Do you want are you or Johnston? Uh I'll take Johnston because he's got the same name as me. Um really happy that he's signed a new contract. It sort of does again make the we talked about before the Dean Henderson signing a bit weird for £20 million that we could have spent on a striker, for example. But, um, yeah, I mean, all the sort of rumours that he was sort of a bit homesick and might that might be why we looked at bringing Henderson in. He seems to be loving it now. He's He's been very positive about the fans. His performances have been really good this season. Um, clear number one at the moment. I mean, obviously a clear number one because the number two is injured and Remy Matthews is not a footballer. Um, <laughs> he's easy. Um, but yeah, I'm re- really pleased with it. I think he's a gr- been a great, a great keeper for us so far, and long may it continue. Mm. So that means you get Jordan Ayew, Albert. Uh, well, we've got a choice. You signed a contract extension. <laughs> How long is the contract extension? 
two years. 2025. Well, I guess he was, yeah. Well, I don't think think you can, you you can obviously factor in age and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think anybody could hand on heart say he hasn't earned it. You know, he has come in, obviously getting a lot more sort of game time due to injuries and no Wilf Zaha, you know, he's more of a starter than we probably would sort of anticipate with a fully fit squad. But, you know, you can't you can't knock him. He's been he's been great. He scored a good goal at the week uh, say at the weekend, it was Friday night. And he worked hard. Um so yeah, I don't I don't I don't sit here and go, uh, what are we doing that for? I think it's yeah, it's fair enough. He's earned it. It's good experience in the squad because, you know, those young players need um someone to look up to. Oh, I thought you were gonna to say to shut up and sit on the bench. But... <laughs> and and if you do play, no, uh, we'll get into that later. Um yeah, I'm happy with both. Um I'd like to hear some Eberreche Eze news or um something along those lines, or Mark Gay news would be nice. Eze's chilling out watching highlights of Right and Bright. Mm. That was a nice. That was that was a nice video. His realization that Wright was wearing ten, and he's from Woolwich as well. Yep. Although, <laughs> him, <laughs> you don't seem super convinced. No, Albert no. just hates Eze and or Ian Wright. It turns out. No, I don't hate anyone. I don't hate anybody concerned in in that video. You I just don't think it was that good. Yeah, could have been better. God, it's like Freaky Friday. We've swapped bodies. You're being well negative. No, I'm not being negative. No, it's just you know, yeah, great, yeah, great, right and bright, cool, cool. When are we going to score some goals? <laughs> As a suggesting that Ian Wright was warming his shirt up for him, this <laughs> was quite amusing. Wonder what Ian Wright would make of that. But yeah, it's just that indoctrinated generation of believing that he wore eight. Outrageous. I think Ian Wright got the keys to the City of London, by the way, today. He got given Summit anyway, and Steve Coppel was there with him. Um, it would help if I knew what I was talking about. The freedom of the City of London is what he got awarded, and Steve Coppel was there with him, as was George Graham. George Graham, jeez. Yeah. Wow. That made me think of that um, Ian Wright video with his old school teacher. <laughs> so, I thought I thought you was dead, <laughs> George, Mister Graham. <laughs> oh well, I'm not. Mm. George Graham played for Palace, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Not not imagining that in that in my head <laughs> for, the young, for, the young, for the younger listeners and Albert apparently. Younger listeners, thank you very much. <laughs> younger than us, just. Younger, younger listeners. Let's move on. Let's agree to move on. Mm, okay. So where shall we move on to? Nathaniel Klein, 200 appearances for Palace. Um, he's probably got a shot at being the biggest gap between making 100 and then 200. I don't know. When did he make his 100? That must have been in his first spell. Yeah, must have been. I mean, definitely, because he hasn't played 100 since he's come back. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't think there's been... Maybe back in the olden days, there might be some times when someone went away and then come back. But yeah, distance between 100th and 200th appearance must be pretty high. So... Well done to Nathaniel Klein. And if you half a hundred half two hundred, you get a hundred. Very is, good. Excellent work. <laughs> which is how many years we've been playing at Celeste, which will be commemorated <laughs> with an about vintage timepiece. An option of two. Um <laughs> an option, no, no, let's get it right. An option of not of not having either. <laughs> <laughs> You can get a blue silicone strap one for two nine nine and a three link strap one for three hundred and forty nine. Now I was 
really not interested until I find that found out it's a Danish company and Joachim Andersen was modeling <laughs> it. And now I want one of each. <laughs> but um what you we like the look of his big hands, don't you? Mm. Well, yeah. There's gonna be silence, we've got to fill it if, if you've mentioned that. Look, Terry's smiling and gone quiet. <laughs> Um, is if it, if you call a watch a timepiece, you are then allowed to add like fifty quid on the price. I think so. And commemorative. I don't think anyone out after Charles Dickens died called it a timepiece, do they? <laughs> it's got a pulsometer scale on it, and it says here for having your heart in the game all the time. It sounds like Terry Berry. He's, he's his heart ebbs and flows with the sound of Sellers Park. Yeah, that's what they should have done. They should have just used Terry Berry's line. It was better, I think. Yeah, three hundred and fifty quid. What about the, what about the, the blue silicon one? The blue silicon one. Two nine nine. Great. 19, 1924 to 2024. 100 years of. What is it? Promise in Park. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> the problem is <laughs> the watch does some size stay 1861. So get some. Seven. <laughs> no, it's analog. It's analog this one, mate. It's not digital. <laughs> it's a sundial. Oh, good talking about it. Have you, have you seen kids being shown real clocks these days? Don't know how to tell the time. So used to digital clocks, they don't know what the hands do. Oh, no. hmm. Same as Wayne, not- Wayne Hennessy had that problem, didn't he? Hmm. <laughs> Water resistant to ten meters. The watch, not Wayne Hennessy. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> Is that good? Don't know. Is that a lot to be water resisted to? I don't know. To be fair, that story somehow slid off Hennessy's back, so he must be <laughs> resistant in some some fashion. <laughs> Oh, the the devil in me is really wanting to link this to the Killian Phillips story, but I think I might I might avoid it. <laughs> I'm going to avoid it. Well, it is Halloween. If you wanted to be devilish, <laughs> yeah. With Killian Phillips, I will just say like, let the boy do what he wants. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can read enough about what James McLean has said about it all and the reasons why he does it and the amount of abuse he's had leveled at him over the years. And he was recently saying that he thought he was going to act as a catalyst for a lot of young Irish players to do it, but they just can't be bothered with the stick. And he's said, don't blame him. It's, it's a nightmare and you get shed loads of abuse. So that's what basically killing setting himself up for. But he obviously, if you re- listen to what James McLean said, James McLean has his reasons, and I'm sure Killian Phillips does as well. And it will be something that's been inbred in him since a very young age. So he's got he's got his reasons. Don't start giving abuse. I saw one Palace fan saying, um, "You're not welcome back at Crystal Palace." I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Give it a rest. He comes back now. He might get a game. <laughs> he would would be walking into the team if he was still here. <laughs> We're desperately trying to record him. No, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just let people do what live and let live. Let people do what they want to do. He's not over there ripping the poppies off their shirts, is he? That's not. That's not what he's doing. Anyway, um, Oh geez, Sheffield Wednesday. We're gonna we're gonna go on a slight diatribe and become a Sheffield Wednesday podcast because I just cannot get over their owner casually asking fans for a shitload of money. If you haven't heard, Sheffield Wednesday struggling big time, bottom of the league. Oh two million quid in wages and HMRC payments. And after some protests a month ago, and what was it? You, you said the, the owner wrote a novel on their website, Heskiff. 
<laughs> saying yeah. that basically what everyone likened him to a dictator has um, said, this problem goes away if 20,000 fans donate 100 quid. Finger on, finger on the pulse, right, Albert, of um, the current economic situation. Yeah, I mean, I've I've put my name down for a watch, so I can't help. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I've got a far better solution for you than a watch, donate the three hundred fifty quid to the Palace of Life Foundation. <laughs> Much more use will be had out of it. Yeah. I'm- Thankfully, I've had a lot of people donate to the Palace for Life Foundation on my behalf. So, uh, so you feel like you've earned the watch treat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have a silicon one, please. Thank you. How much do you think we'd have to pay each to get the stand main stand fast tracked? What and watches? Seventeen watches. Twenty thousand oh, people. Timepieces. Sorry. Oh. How much, how much do we even know how much it's going to cost? Because I know it's like doubled in price or, or, or cost since we started dicking about. It's got to be 100 million plus. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I can afford that. Plus VAT. Plus VAT. Definitely can't be paying yeah. for building work, cash in hand. <laughs> well, building work, yeah. Building work is always quoted without VAT, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Officer? They didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know why they give me two prices. Obviously, I'm just going to pay the cheaper one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was something to do with materials they used. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's just stick it at that. <laughs> but that is why I will end up with a commemorative timepiece watch. <laughs> um. Uh, before we get into Spurs, last piece on it is QPR got a new manager, which wasn't Neil Warnock, which I was really disappointed about. Gutted, it wasn't Neil Warnock. Yeah. Um, but he pulled a bit of a Ben Teke in his announcement conference in Sweden saying that he's joining Crystal Palace. Question I wonder is, Roy was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Question is, would you take him after... Roy's comments on Friday about Spurs, the <laughs> game against Spurs. Um, <laughs> before we get into Hodgson's comments, the lineup, not so much the lineup, I guess the tactics of where Will Hughes played was really interesting. Um, and when you pick, you said I was going to pick him up in three and three. So let's start. Let's start with three and three. I'll do Hughes. And then you're taking Schnuff again, Heskiff. You bet I am. (laughs) Okay, right. I think I'll start then. Let's start with some positivity. (laughs) Spoilers. Three. Three. Someone get the door. Will Hughes obviously played pretty much up alongside Edouard and he was just there to basically disrupt pressing Spurs high up, trying to stop their passing out from the back, really trying to sort of interrupt the passing pathways between the centre-backs and the defensive midfielders and so on. He did a really, really good job at it. It clearly shocked Spurs. They were not expecting him to be so high up the field and it really you know, disrupted them a lot early. And if he had a yard of pace about him, would have been a way through on goal with the little flick from Edouard, back heel flick that put him through. But that number, was it 37, was he wearing at the back or whatever, Spurs at Van der Veen or whatever his name is, was God, the fastest centre-back I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just really, really good player. So unfortunately, Will Hughes being half his height and stride away from him. But yeah, re- really, really good performance. The only problem is, and we'll get into it more, is you can't, you just can't run around like that for 90 minutes. Is Mainly the problem. Mm. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Yes. Albert, you decided who you want? Uh, no. Okay. Then let's do Jeffrey cool. Schlupp. Right, then. Okay, yeah, right. I, I, I can tell you who I don't want, and that's where Hesky should be. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants him. That's why that's the problem. Um, yeah. I mean, look, at, I'm not. <laughs> 
Chuck biggest <laughs> fan. I, it's hard to even know when to start, mate, to be honest. I've used up 15 seconds of my time already. We all knew that he was going to come straight back into the team because Roy loves him and that's fine. Um, but you just sort of hope, like, you've had a game out or two games out. Do something different. Prove to us that actually the reason we lost 4-0 to Newcastle was because you weren't playing. But, like, very quickly it became obvious that he was going to do the same old shit. He doesn't cover very well. He did my favourite thing of seeing a person run past him and point at them instead of running with them. He just doesn't offer anything to the team. And for all of the weaknesses that the subs brought, you know, I don't think he did anything to make himself stand out at all. And unfortunately, this season, it's no real surprise. Mm. 33% pass accuracy is the only thing. Oh, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's fucking terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> so we'll add that on the end. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was not very nice. Um, and obviously only got an hour, I guess, because easing him back in from his injury. <sighs> he's going to start on Saturday. A hundred percent he's going to start on Saturday. <laughs> okay. Alberts. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Mateta. <laughs> this will be fun. Go Great on then, choice. go. Well, this is... It's going to sound harsh because he was only on the pitch for what, like 10 minutes. But I've picked Jean-Philippe Mateta as an example because I know we're going to talk about Roy's comments after about how the young, exciting players came on and didn't do anything. But I thought, as apart from um, Heskiff's mate, who's just spent the last minute and a half talking about, I think, you know, Mateta was one of the, was one of the changes that came on. Um, and, I'm, you know, on. I know we don't expect him to come on and rip up trees. You know, he's, he's very streaky. He's very erratic. And, you know, he sort of flip-flops between, you know, being a gold machine and being anything but a footballer. But, um, you know, I think for him to come on, I thought it was fairly anonymous. And like I say, I'm sort of using him to highlight the fact that the young players have come in for a load of stick. But And he's not the only one, but Mateta was also a, a substitute who I think didn't do a lot to impress at all mm-hmm. <sighs> yes so we will get into Roy's comments I want to just touch on first how and how do you say his surname Postacoglu Postacoglu Ange Postacoglu is a fucking enemy of football and I won't <laughs> I, I don't care how much everyone likes him I don't care how much they're top of the league and whatever, it is the most boring brand of football I've ever fucking watched. And if Palace employ a manager after Roy Hodgson, who decides that our goalkeeper has the ball for 25 minutes of a match, I went down to Hamlet on the weekend because Palace weren't playing. I'll just go over there. They sell fancy <laughs> beer. They sell fancy pal hours. You know, the football is kind of an afterthought, so don't stress you out <laughs> that much. Yeah. What the watch is like. Do you know what? <laughs> there was an article written by um, this Lewis Supporters Club or something because they were playing Lewis. And um, Dulwich Hamlet are really upset about the article and, you know, have replied to it and all sorts. But it started with, who knew the FA Trophy could generate such excitement? Some clubs struggled to get one man and his dog through the turnstiles for lesser of the FA Cup competitions. Dulwich squeezed in 2,745 for their second highest attendance of the season. Now, this is where they piss them off. The hairs on your neck bristle when you're in a crowd that big at a non-league ground because you're normally in for a cracking atmosphere. Here, alas, it felt like football was merely a sideshow, something getting in the way of a couple of thousand people having a bloody good chat. (laughs) I I screamed when we scored and some bloke asked me to keep the noise down. I jest, but it felt like it was a distinct possibility. Um, he couldn't be more right. Dulwich Hamley got over, he could not be more right. <laughs> but it's like, it is what it is over there, you know? Like, it is a it is a really nice vibe. I enjoyed it. A nice day. Great that they're getting, you know, pushing 3,000 every week. It's pretty good. So I'll go there. If, if Sam Johnson has the ball at his feet for 25 minutes next season, um, 
I can't even you can't even throw your seasons to get on the pitch anymore because it'd have to be my phone. <laughs> to be fair, watch. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we Actually, can I have that back, it was 350 grid. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sam. I'll have that back. If we try to do that, we'd mess it up somehow. <laughs> pass it back, pass it, or oh, falling over, pass it to them, scored an own goal. We're quite good at own goals. Um, yeah, I mean, to it, like, it, 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 it was annoying because also, like, you, you're playing, you're just playing Palace, guys. Like, just fucking play football. But also, I got annoyed at us, like, and having spoken, just spoken about Matetta Albert, just sort of standing there, letting it happen. I'm just going kick someone. I don't care. Like, I, yeah, they, I, I don't know. They, it feels like they must have been told to do it because they, you know, no one was pressing really. Not, not the central striker, not the wingers. No one really. So I assume they were told not to do it, but. Like you say, after like the fifth minute of them, you know, I saw some fucking stat after the game about pass completion. And I'm like, you don't, that's a pointless stat because it's going to be the goalie and the centre half. Um, but I'm just like, after seeing them pass it between each other for about five fucking minutes, just do something. It's annoying. Um, yeah. But yeah, I take your point that if you're top and capable of playing really good football, just do it. But I and just, then they what, score that great second goal, and you're like, "No, don't do that!" No, yeah, didn't mean no, that. No, 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 and, and, I, and I get, and I get it. It's clearly highly effective because at the moment, no one's really created a counter for it, so no one mm. really knows how to defend it properly yet. What they're doing, and it's because it's it's become like a game of chess somehow. But again, for that flash of 15 seconds in the game where they carved us apart and scored a goal. Yes, it's effective and whatever. It's just fucking boring. And it's a Friday night on TV. The world is watching 26,000 people in attendance have paid good money to be there. And I have to watch their fucking goalkeeper with the ball for 25 minutes. I just, I just hated it. I just, I just hated it. And I know it really, I, really hurt you. Personally. It has. And it's not even yeah, like, I can tell. That if Spurs fans are listening, they'll probably be like, I'm salty or something. Like, I just can't, like, I don't know. Even even City have stopped doing that now. They've realized it's fucking shit. They've stopped doing it. I just, yeah, I did not enjoy it one bit. I didn't enjoy our inability to come up with a solution for it, which, well, it, you know, unfair. We did when we made the substitutions and the kids got on and they all decided to just <laughs> run at the Spurs players. Guess what the Spurs players started doing? giving the ball away, yeah, shitting themselves, and we scored and then almost got an equaliser. Mm. Which was all after we got worse, apparently. Yeah. We got worse and, they and were, scored. They were quite cynical off the ball as well, I thought Spurs as well. And that is part two of why he's an enemy of football. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, look, let me just get my Argentinian centre-back to be the most Argentinian centre-back of all time and just lay down. And do you know what? Fair play to the referee in one in one scenario. He, I thought the ref started the game really well. Then he let Spurs get in his head a lot, mm-hmm. but then eventually he got pissed off. But Romero just constantly laying down on the floor, feigning like he'd been elbowed, telling the officials to look at VAR because I've been elbowed. And then as soon like just getting up as soon as he says the trainer's coming on or the physio's coming on. There was yeah. one point where he lay down on the floor. The referee was already two thirds of the way up the pitch. As soon as the referee got to him after running all the way back, he stood up. But fair play to the ref that time because he made him go off and then left him off as well. Like he was asking to come back on and he just kept saying to him, yeah. no, 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 you're not coming back on and left him off the side of the pitch for ages. Mm. But yeah, constantly all of it laying down, rolling around on the floor, just all of that shit. Like fucking hate yeah. it. Yeah, that that really wound me up as well because it's always always a, his whole thing is like a big physical centre half, won't get bullied and yet, He's the one that's always, like you say, running around the floor and feigning head injuries. Like, there's got to be a rule brought in where, like, it's an automatic you go off for a minute. Or if you're feigning a head injury and the VAR shows there's no head injury, you know, no one touched your head, then you get booked because it's like a dive. Because, yeah, I mean, he did it in the first half and didn't have to go off, and that pissed me off. And then, like you say, in the second half, at least the ref said, the trainer's on, get off. It's just shit. Like it's just like my. I saw my cousin today. He's a Tottenham fan. He was like, "Oh, P- 
Palace referee, you got away with a lot. You were you were a pretty dirty team, and I was like, oh, whatever. Like I'm not arguing with you, but I'm like, yeah, like you say, it's they 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 do the snidey little fouls, but it's the rolling around, holding your head bullshit that gets me. It's annoying. I hate it. Hang on, so, I'm I'm not having this. I've got to look at the stats here. Fouls, Palace 10, Spurs 11. Uh, how, what, what did we get away with? Well, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Fouls, Fouls, Palace 19. There you go. That, that makes more sense. <laughs> but I don't like, that's pretty much standard for a team who's got 20% possession versus a team that's got the best part of you know, 80. I had a text in the first half from a Spurs mate saying that a, pa- a Palace always is dirty. And it was like, Get out of it. And I think at that point, we we hadn't committed any fouls at all. <laughs> it was like, the, yeah, it's just frustrating. It was frustrating. Well, except from they were kicking lumps out of Jordan Ayew, like most teams do, really. like They were every bit as bad as we were. And we just, our players got up off the floor and didn't roll around versus theirs ones did. Yeah. Uh, slightly disappointed in Jefferson Lerma, not just... Causing some shit, to be honest, given how much nonsense they was having. <laughs> but there you go. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so IU pulls one back, brilliant shot. And then France, uh, unfortunately, at the end, can't make any contact with the ball or very or makes very poor contact with the ball. Got very, very close to turning the game around. But obviously, Roy's post-match comments of there was no disappointment today maybe that the young substitutes who we like to think we believe in or that will help us to a different level they didn't show that they didn't do anything for us at all really we became much weaker when i made the substitutions so now there has been schools of thought that this without context um makes it sound way worse than it is I gave you to the link to the press conference before to listen to, mm. which you can go and do on YouTube if you if you're so true. Just type in Roy Hodgson's Spurs press conference; it comes up. I've got many problems with this. For starters, <laughs> don't say it. Don't throw young players under the bus, even if you then come up with a bunch of justifications later. Because to me, it just it felt like between questions, he realized that I probably shouldn't have said that and then tried to justify. Not just him then going on to just like to, you know, further his point because they, no one asked you about the fucking young players. You just brought them up out of the blue. And then that is when you start getting peppered with questions about young players. Did the same thing at Newcastle when he was asked about, oh, wasn't it, weren't Franco and Jezrek Saki bright sparks? can't be judged on a game that's already lost. Well, for the fucking way we were playing in that game against Spurs, we were already lost at 2-0, but you can judge the players in, in that game? Which one is it? You can't judge them when the game's lost, or you can judge them when the game's lost. Very confused. Um, the Again, saying we're worse when we made the substitutions, for starters, you've got Will Hughes running around like a fucking blue-ass flyer, you absolutely know that he's only going to last 65 to 70 minutes tops, mm-hmm. which is about roughly what he lasted. There's no way he's going to be able to do that. And sides of that, Spurs had figured out what we're doing and had made an on-field adjustment to play fewer people deeper and further up the pitch in the defensive midfielders to cut out those passing lanes and went round the side of Hughes instead of through him, which sort of nullified what he was trying to do. As we already mentioned, Jeff Schlupp, 33% pass accuracy. He, he was doing a good job, was he? Uh, as Haskip talked about for a minute. No, don't think it he was. <laughs> um, and again, how did we get worse when we pulled a goal back and almost got an equaliser and for the only time in the game really disrupted what Spurs did? We had a flurry of shots at the end of the first half. And other than that, we didn't manage anything until we made the substitutions. And um, yeah, so a bit confused really as to what his comments are or why he would he feel he could you know why he just wants to attack the young players and defend vehemently starting 11 when most of them were shit yeah, yeah i don't agreed. understand don't get it 
my, I, my thing as well is, you know, it, it's really disappointing to read when you, you know how much experience Roy's got. And all right, we know that he prefers sort of tried and tested players to the younger players. And previously with us, he sort of only played the younger players when forced, whether he stuck with them afterwards or not. But with the amount of experience he's had, of which there are decades, I mean, literally decades of experience as manager, you know not to to do that. Now, maybe Jez and France don't give a shit and just water off their back. But if you're 19, 20, 21, and you're just getting into the team, and two weeks in a row, the manager's digging you out. Like, and like Terence said, one week they played well, and it was like, well, I don't, don't, don't talk to me about them playing well. We're losing. And then the next, you know, the next week he's like, well, they made us worse, even though we scored when they were on. You know, it's I, I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to take from that. You know, they work hard in training, and I guess you always tell the young players, take your chance with both hands. Like, come on, do your best, be positive, try and affect the game, all that sort of stuff. And it's sort of like, well, it doesn't matter whether I do or I don't because the only thing that I seem to hear in the press is that I shouldn't be happy with what's just happened. Mm. And I just don't get it. Like, even if you're a manager that's trying to make a point to the board about we need a bigger squad, we should have paid money in the window or whatever, there's ways of doing that without throwing the two young guys under the bus when, like you say, experienced pros who you would expect a lot more of because they are experienced pros are putting in a 33% pass rate and affecting absolutely nothing positively in the game. So really disappointing. Yeah, I found it I found it strange because particularly, particularly in the case of Raksaki and Franca, you know, in Raksaki, I saw a player who'd come on and was trying to get the ball up the pitch. And it wasn't always coming off, but you know, he was trying to take on the full back. He was trying to make something happen, trying to work the ball into the box. Um, and in France, I saw a player who, it, you know, we had a, a little flurry of corners towards the end and a couple of free kicks. And I saw a player sprinting over to sort of get the ball, take the set piece, grab the, grab it by the scruff of the neck, whatever you want to call it. And, and try and make stuff happen. And all right, you know, yeah, like you say, France has had a fairly decent chance at the end that he should have scored. But I saw I saw two players trying to inject a little bit more life and try and push us up the pitch and try and do something a bit more directly than, again, Jeffrey Schlupp, for example. Um, don't want to do a don't want to schlup a pile on, but but yeah, like you know, it, it's it's just very very bemusing bemusing. Um, comments from Roy ignoring the fact that we like you say we did score a goal when those players were on the pitch you know what, just just seeing the, them try was that was the problem he's he, he sent them onto the field to keep the shape and lose 2-0 that's the problem <laughs> and look, not I, the I, most ridiculous thing you've ever said I'll be honest <laughs> I, look, I, you know I think Roy's been doing a great job since he's been back in and you know a lot of this anger comes from this isn't the first time that we've kind of experienced this with him and it feels like a return to type so, you know, let's, let's not take the piss here like not I think you are uh, you, you think go back to he gave Brandon Pierrick some game time a few seasons back what 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 was he saying to him? Has to give his, what was he saying in the press after something about he should oh, be giving yeah. me a present? <laughs> yeah, I should I should hope to come back to my office with a nice bottle of red wine, but I'm not I'm not holding out hope. So what are you talking? He's not about, old enough man? to buy one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, he wouldn't know what a good red red wine is if it slapped him in the face. Like, just, did you? Just, was that red wine? In, red wine. <laughs> oh, that's um. I'll say that's beers after work. That is, uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm just upset. I'm, I'm just upset by it. I just, there's better ways to do it. And the reason why I'm, I think that what makes me most upset is that there's a. It seems to be like a motive behind it, which is, I told you so, kind of shit to the board to say. I told you, and I, the only the only person I can think of is is Shay Adams. I told you what we needed, and you didn't get it for me. 
and that's just what that's just what it feels like. So we have no attacking options, and he's and and in that extent, he's right that we need everybody knew we needed another attacking player, um, and probably another two because let's face it, as we've talked about before, Jez shouldn't be here. Jez should be on loan somewhere in a top six championship side pushing for promotion. He shouldn't be here scraping for minutes and then getting the manager saying how shit he is and how far off he is. So it's fu- it is, it's just frustrating on so many levels, but Roy, with all these experience, shouldn't be airing it out, his dirty laundry out in for everyone to see and to piss us all off. And now we've basically become that podcast where it'd be like, mm, I don't like podcasts. Mm, what people on podcasts say. Let us know if you want a hat, Roy. <laughs> I don't know, Ozo. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm sure other people heard the rest of the press conference and thought that you know he justified himself. Well, I just, I just don't, I just don't agree. Sorry, Roy. We'll still have that moment in Costa in Malaga Airport or wherever we were. <laughs> it was lovely. Or that moment in <laughs> Spironi's when I put a picture up on Instagram after, and someone said, "Oh, your granddad's really cute." <laughs> Is he a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, trying to think of songs that could be he could DJ to slag off young players too. Mm. Young Guns by Wham, but that's that's kind of pro. That's pro, pro young. Yeah. The know. kids don't stand a chance by Vampire Weekend. There you go. Vampire Weekend. It's very on on brand, giving it was Halloween yesterday. Thanks. Got any Halloween Palace players? Oh, put my phone away. Sheikh Bukore. Bukore. What did you say? Sheikh Bukore. Sheikh um, I don't know if I've got any more. Don't even, uh, let me have a look. <laughs> Jason Pump, Jason Pumpkin, mm. Ty Trick and Treat Mitchell. Fucking hell, Tony Popper Witch. That's good. Very good. I'll, I'll accept that one. Julian Graveyard. Well said. Mm. Yeah. More than Tommy Black Magic. If we're going that nice. Gooley and Speroni. Oh, that's good. Lovely, yeah. Um, Barry Bonanci. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my favourite. <laughs> Very good. Someone pay me fucking wages. Um, Barry Bonanci, that's fucking great. Mitchie Batshuai, but yeah, that's not really doesn't count because yeah. that's just it's just got bad. Frankenstein de Boer, not bad. And. I'm not going to say Kevin Gargoyle. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp, because when I see him play, it's fucking terrifying. Boom. <laughs> Very good. Big fan of a lot of those. Thanks. So, <laughs> can't believe Albert did some prep for the pod. I'm really falling off my chair in here. <laughs> <laughs> If you no, could I was see gonna, I was, there, there was going to be, I was going to divulge, but it's been too much information. <laughs> right. Uh, but of course, all of these comments have now led to a big drive, like as if the perfect time of Palace Player of the Month vote comes out. And there's a very big push for Jez Raksaki to get Player of the Month. And to be honest, given the response on social media, he's probably going to get it. Um, how do you think Roy's going to feel about that? Do you reckon it'll, that he'll present him with the award? No, but that, if he wins, they have to do it. That would be hilarious. Mm. He'll be absolutely <laughs> livid. I was saying, I, I, you know, if Franca had scored that last minute chance against Spurs, dropped from the first from the first team squad, I reckon. Far yeah. too attacking. Well, he would never have said those comments if Franca had tucked that away at the end, I imagine. But. Mm. But yeah, Je- Jez is, looks bound to win. It is also because there's not really a standout candidate. Jordan Ayew, maybe. Um, yeah. <clears throat> been barely any games, has there, as well, on top of it. I mean, 
Well, we get tanked at New. We got tanked at Newcastle. <laughs> Lost to Spurs. I'd, I'd I'd throw a shout in for um, Mitchell. I think I think I think Ty's in, improved over the last. Heskett gave that, him a bollocking last weekend. Yeah, not in that Newcastle match. Well, yeah, but no, who, who came out of that Newcastle match? Not not Jez apparently. So, not Jez smelling of roses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. To, uh, I think it's a tough one. Don't. I mean, th- this season it's basically been either Ayu or Johnston, and you can't give it to Johnston because he's letting a load of goals, even though they're not his fault. Ayu's not been as good, although he did score a good goal. Just give it to Jez. Fuck it. I'm going to vote for Jez. Vote for Jez. How many goals? How many goals did we score in October? I've got to look at one. One in October. One. Yeah, because so yeah. September Forest. was yeah Anderson at United was the one before, wasn't it? Yeah, so in October it was the Forest game, the Newcastle game, the Tottenham game. Oh, that's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> Still, at least we've scored more goals than Luton. Oh, wait a minute. No, well, we we've got an opportunity for goals on the weekend playing Burnley. One win Burnley this season against the aforementioned Luton. And at the time of recording, have just lost 3-0 to Everton in the Cup. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they lost to Bournemouth last weekend, who were previously winless themselves. So it's all set up nicely. For a St. Heskiff. Home win. <laughs> now... It's going to kick off a run of five games where really we've got to be looking to get some big points on the board. Uh, even, well, actually saying even West Ham have started to hit bumps in the road. They've got a nice win against Arsenal tonight in the League Cup, mm-hmm. assuming there was no stunning comeback. <laughs> uh, there was not. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so it's, yeah, we've really got to get motoring, really. And obviously we need Eze and Elise back to I don't know, kickstart our front line. Well, there was a, a rumour today that they're in contention. Well, there was a rumour last week about Elise, which didn't come to the fore. Um, I think that might have been doused <laughs> before <laughs> we'd already recorded our podcast. And then yeah. like, before it came out, it had been doused by Hodgson. So um, the Edmund Brack who's been pretty good over the last couple of years, uh, tweeted earlier that Michael Elise and Ebbs have both returned to first-team training with Palace. It's unclear if they'll be ready for Burnley, but it's a huge boost to have them in training. Yeah, that tells me no. Yeah. Uh, unless, like, we need some training pictures with them kicking the ball. Mind you saying that I mean, we got with those Francer and Roya <laughs> denied their existence. <laughs> Don't know where they come from. He ain't been training with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but yeah I mean th- these are the sort of games I, I these are the sort of games that we let's not take the piss here <laughs> these are the sort of games that we need them we really do need them in you know alright if they don't make Burnley hopefully they'll make Everton the next week because we can't not win a decent chunk of these games coming up otherwise yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very depressing over Christmas. It's already depressing that it's bloody dark at four o'clock. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you know, if you think if you're playing Everton and Luton and Burnley with one or both of Elise and Eze, that's a very different Palace team. Otherwise, it might be a bit more workmanlike, and mm. I'm not convinced we'll win them all. Yeah, un- unfortunately, the clocks went back to 2020. <laughs> on Sunday night and we're in the mud again with Roy but there you go it might get it might get turned around uh do you want to give us a prediction uh oh, I feel like I'm setting myself up because I really think we should win this game one all Albert uh I think we'll I say I think. I hope we'll edge it 1-0. 1-0 Palace? 
Yes. Yeah, we allege it 1-0. Oh, we'll who's allege it 1-0. Who's going to score, yeah, France yeah. or? <laughs> no. Schlippi? Uh, no. One of OG. the older, the first group of players, was he say? The first group of players. It's, I think, how he likened it. One of the first group of players. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably... 0-0? N- I keep saying 0-0 at the moment. 0-0? Could see it. Could totally see it. See it. Mm, but yeah, yeah. That, mine, mine's a head versus heart. My head says what you've just said. My heart says 1-0. But. Now... But what we've got to remember here is uh, there's a, there's a few things. We've got Roy Hodgson's bread and butter. He's notoriously very good against teams below him in the league. Uh, win, win percentage is ridiculously high compared to teams above him in the league. So really looking to be winning that there. We've got um, the fact that Burnley are just shit. That's, that's always, good. <laughs> always good. Good stat. Good, it is, it is a good stat. So hopefully that will um, come to it. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Look, Roy, Roy, Roy knows how to get results against these teams, and hopefully that will continue. And then when you look comparison versus same opponents last season, we're, we're plus three points on those. You know, we've got way more. We're st- we're still ahead of that curve. So you know, but Burnley, I imagine, will be a three points versus last season. So. To get it, we need to level it up there. Mm-hmm. They weren't in the league last season, were they? Yeah, but you put one of the relegated teams in their place, and I think I'll... whatever works, whatever makes it sounds like we're getting three points. I'm up yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Well, that's a lot for this week. Thank you for joining. Um, as always, Albert Heskiff, thank you for taking the time. Um, what's what's what we got up next week, Heskiff? We're game. playing. Yeah, we play Everton at home. Three o'clock on a Saturday. Who'd have thought it? Mm. Dyche versus Roy. Yeah. Christ, like 2009 all over again. I was like, electric. I got it wrong with the clocks going back to 2020. It was needs to go further. <laughs> Even further. <laughs> you need Even a new further. watch, mate. <laughs> well, good thing is, nowhere to get one of those. Well, look, anyone. Everyone, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Samantha for producing. Thank you to Breaking Saints for providing the theme song, which is Why. And um, if you're about this Tuesday in New Cross, former producer Billiam's band Occupants are playing at the New Cross Inn. So look for some tickets and come along. I'll be there mosh-pitting at the front. So hopefully see you there. And until, <laughs> until next week, up the palace. Oh, <laughs> nice.